Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Mayhem. Hello, I'm Chaos. And our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. No, 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 Happiness is egg-shaped and loves a circle with no end. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host, Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg-shaped, and we are on a series of samurai pods and if you're gonna talk about samurai you gotta talk about this man what hasn't he done in the game of sevens and the bit i love the most is the absolute brutal honesty that this man brings he's well respected throughout the game been a player been a coach contributed hugely to the magnificent samurai international and is ready for the olympic games having just been through the selection process and announcing the squad it's now all eyes focused on the gold so without any further ado please welcome the one and the only mr mike friday morning morning or afternoon i'm not sure it's afternoon where you are morning where i am yeah, all over the show. You have done a fair bit of jet setting in the last little while. I watched your Insta story and you started here, you jumped to there, you had a short one to there, then you went to the... I couldn't keep up with where you're going. Have you any idea where you are? Uh, well, I have now. I mean, I'm the, the important thing, I'm in the United States. So that's that's the most important piece, but obviously this country is huge. So jumping from the East Coast down the South over to the West Coast is 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 no kind of easy feat as you you know getting uh getting planes in america is like getting trains and buses for us in england and scotland so yeah it was an eventful start getting down to watch some college sevens they first first college tournament they managed to get back on here after covid um and then up to uh to san diego our our training base where we've had an intense last month uh and now i've managed to get a couple of days off and i'm up in santa monica so life isn't so bad after all 
but yeah, it's uh, you know it's a fabulous country. It's a big country, um, and it's certainly eclectic. How how important is it for you to be at live sevens tournaments? Because surely you could be watching those online or on video. How do, how important is it you're there in person? Yeah, I, I think it's important to be seen, um, and I think it's important. It, you know, if travel permitting, that that we can get there, and that's half the issue sometimes in the USA is actually physically being able to get there and we are lucky in this modern day that we can watch things on streaming and so forth and you know it was just it's been such a long time since we've had uh, any sort of pathway sevens uh, for the USA going on I just felt that I needed to be there and wanted to be there just to to see the, these these young men uh, and ladies um, out there in, enjoying the game um, and New Orleans isn't isn't a bad place for that to happen and you know, it's obviously the MLR is evolving as well in the country. Um, so, you know, Nola did a great job of putting on the, the, the CRCs. And you've got that reputation. Is there an extra step in the the players' bounce and, and preparation when they see you on the touchline? Do you think that adds something to it? I'm not so sure whether that's happened or they just think the grumpy English bloke's about. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Is it the chippy English bloke or is it the angry English bloke? Um, I, I think. Uh, I think like anything, you know, it, it's for, for young players. You know, whatever the country they're in, if if they see that the 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 top of the game is taking an interest, then they understand the pathway in order for them to try and achieve their dreams. And that, and that's ultimately what these young men are trying to do. They're they're enjoying the game, but ultimately their their aspirations. Are, are to play for their their national team or get as high as they can, and and none more so than in America, playing in the Olympics is is a huge huge thing. So, you know, I I, I think being within touching distance or being able to speak or see or eyeball somebody who who has a say on on, on that pathway is important because you want to inspire, uh, and and you want to, you know. Give, give these young men and ladies the opportunity to interact and understand what it's going to take if they do want to achieve their dreams. So I think it's an important piece. Um, it's not the only piece, but I think it's it's an important piece. It must be tough in a country that's so big. I mean, in, in the UK, Samurai play a tournament on the Friday night, the Saturday, the Sunday, and you can have seen 300 players in the space of a weekend. But in America, being so spread out, that must be a challenge. So you obviously have to be quite selective in where you go. Yeah, we, we well, we we are we're very we are selective on, on when we will uh, when we are able to physically be there. Obviously, we can pick up uh, a number of the streams, um, and and ultimately, again, we also have talent ID coaches out there in the pathways looking for for players and tracking players. The college system is is great, um, and we we've, we've got some strong individuals there that can that can talent id as is the club sevens game we're very fortunate um as i call him the the, the mad professor howard kent who who uh, who works tirelessly on the on the club national sevens in terms of trying to bring that that stream online to ensure that we can we can see the players and you know it, it is a very disparate uh environment here because of the, the vast size and and obviously every state is like a country in its own right so it, it is it is a difficult task to try and bring everybody together they, they culminate in, in two or three really big competitions through through the year and that's where we focus our physical presence but then obviously we're working behind the scenes on the talent id 
you know, w- w- with our scouts to try and identify potential athletes in the game. And that's before we even talk about those athletes that are not even in the game that are, you know, collegiate freaks. Um, and that in itself is is a challenge, trying to identify those that could cross over, possibly may be able to take up sevens at a later age or, as as we've seen previously, guys like Nate Ebner, who were, who were rugby players, who then became American football players. And, you know, that's where the power of the invitation circuit comes. And let's just take Nate, for example. That's where we use Samurai Sevens to bring him back into rugby after the, after the Super Bowl to ensure that he was able to kind of land softly into, into a reintroduction to Sevens. And, you know, we, we, we kind of try and find a ways and a means to, to try and help players develop or, or find their way to us. It was amazing. I was in Hong Kong when Nate Ebner was there with Samurai and you were you were around with, with the USA and a Super Bowl winner, you know, an absolute rock star. But at the Hong Kong Tens, he was just another rugby player that was trying to give his absolute best. How do the other players around Samurai cope with somebody like that coming in? Is he just another player? Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of Samurai Sevens is it's it's about bringing people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different environments, and then giving them a common purpose, you know, and it, it is about being, a, you know, trying to compete and be the best rugby player you can. But more importantly, the environment is about being a good person, being a good character, developing and nurturing and making yourself vulnerable amongst the, amongst the group that you may have only just met, uh, which are life skills, right? And, you know, Nate Ebner is well-travelled and, and and well understood and understands what's required to be successful at an elite sport like the like American football. But when he entered into the samurai environment, he, because of his experiences, he didn't compromise his professionalism and, and in terms of as a, as a player and what he required to to get himself ready. But more importantly, he still molded himself into the samurai environment, and the samurai environment molded around him to allow him the best opportunity to achieve his goals. But by the same token, be a part of a team chasing a goal in itself and you know Nate thoroughly enjoyed the whole experience of meeting you know rugby players and playing with rugby players from different backgrounds and, and, and different parts of the world as as well as that reintroduction into the game of rugby uh, and challenging him in, in what as we know is in the Hong Kong Tens is a brutally difficult tournament to win um, and, and fair play they came close very very close that year Sansi doesn't like to talk about it, it brings him out in a cold sweat. But no, it, it no, was right down to the Hong Kong. <laughs> Can't talk about Hong Kong in front of Terry. But Nate, no. the, when I met Nate there, I, I, it was one of those ones that made me laugh because he introduced himself to me as if I didn't know who he was. But that's one of those life skills, isn't it, about being grounded and, and being humble? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Nate is certainly both of those, those, those things. Um, and he he again has he wants he treats people how he wants to be treated and he, and he treats everybody in the same you know whether you're you know you're Belichick, you know Bill Belichick Tom Brady or or, or whether you're the, the the 19 year old kid that's on the samurai team that happens to be in 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 the same room as Nate Ebner you know that's just how he is and that's exactly how samurai portrays its environment it is it is an environment for all you come in you have to work hard um, but you have to enjoy um, the whole experience and contribute and be selfless to the team environment. Um, and I think that's the sort of thing that lights the fire in certainly players like Nate, but in most players, 
is that there's dependent on who you are. If you're a player like Nate Ebony, you've got so much that you can transfer to to these younger players so they understand what it is to be an athlete and how you can achieve your dreams. But more importantly, if if you're a, if you're a, a young player coming in, you actually get to rub shoulders and understand the environment and understand what it takes and what it will take to be successful if you have aspirations to play higher up, um, say on the on the international seven circuit. So it, it's it's a perfect passageway, a perfect gateway um, between the the development pathway piece and the international game. I've always loved your enthusiasm and I can remember being at the wreck in one of the summer sevens tournaments and you were there on the touchline for Samurai and here you are sitting in a hotel in America preparing for the Olympics. You obviously have a huge appetite for it. I'm a, yeah, I, mean, I, I enjoy the game, but I'm, I'm driven by making people better. Um, I, I love that. I love watching players achieve their potential and allow them you know, and when I say achieve their potential, not just as a rugby player, but also help them achieve their potential as a person. Because I think if if you create a better man or, or, or woman, you create a better rugby player. That's That goes hand in hand for me. And yeah, I mean, whether that's with, with the playing side or the coaching side, I think the one you're referring to down at the rec was, again, it was again, I think I was away on international duty or something, or something like that. And Sansi needed help down at... Um, down at Bath. It was the bad then, call to, to Giza. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like, I think John Brake was was coaching them and Braking was doing really good. But again, like anything, he, Sansi wanted him to have a positive experience. It was like, Giza, Giza, I need you to come down and do this. And I was like, okay, no problem, Terry. I'll come down. It's 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 two days. It's two days, right? It's not one day, it's two days. So I'm on the way down. He's like, oh, by the way, Brakey's running late. You're going to have to coach the team the night before. And I'm like, you stitched me up again. He's like, no, 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 I haven't, no, I haven't. And and like all things, I, you know, I'll do anything for Terry every day of the week. And um, you know, that's that's what you do when you're part of the samurai. Is is the reality is you 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 help each other out. There's a selfless a selfless trait that you put yourself out for the crew, as as Terry has done since day one from '96 for so many players and so many coaches. So for me, it was about helping mentor and, and develop and breaky as well as in that instance as well as helping the players achieve what they wanted to do and I think we needed to win that tournament for for Sanzi to I don't know whether it was to win the series or not I can't remember I think it was, it was back in the early days of the Jester's Samurai uh, tallies and, and and we managed to win that tournament and they won it well um, and the players had a positive experience breaky was outstanding and that for me is again a big tick in the box is that you know, winning and losing, you know, is a bounce of a ball every now and then. But watching players develop and get better and watching coaches develop and get better and grow in confidence so that they they can carry themselves as better human beings is, is a huge part of the Samurai Sevens ethos um, and culture. And you've, you've been part of it since the beginning. How then have you got to this point? Because when you began there wasn't this opportunity to be an Olympic sevens coach and, and the chance of doing it for America, you know, if you said that 25 years ago, people would have laughed at you and thought you were off your trolley. So what is it that's happened with you over that period of time? I guess so. I was probably off my trolley when we started this with, uh, with Sandy 25 years ago. I mean, I, I was part of the, 
the crew, I mean, as we were talking earlier, it was an interesting kind of evolution about how the samurai arrived. Obviously, Sanzi and his brother used to used to sponsor the Wild Water Buffalo, East Anglia Motors, Terry and his bruv. And, uh, and I first came across them because I was the token English bloke amongst the 11 Welshies. So it's kind of role reversal when I was abused by the likes of Kingsley Jones, Mikey Boys, um, <laughs> Simon Manley, Simon Enoch, all of these Welshies, Welsh Mafia that we used to we used to go to these tournaments. It was the most unlikely cocktail, but then obviously Sanzi loved his sevens and he created the Samurai Sevens, predominantly with a lot of us. Um, I mean, it was a weird old mob. Welshies, me, a posh Scots bloke, Mark Appleson. I mean... It, mental but you wouldn't you would not think it would work but the very fact that you had this common ethos of everybody's prepared to work hard nobody had any egos everybody had a personality everybody was prepared to be vulnerable everybody was prepared to be the butt of the joke and it was back then very much kind of play hard in the morning in the afternoon and certainly in the evening and then you better be able to back it up the next day obviously the the world has changed but the the human element of and the human value part has stayed very much the same, as has the the mantra and the ethos of of helping your brother, developing and ensuring that you're doing everything you can for the group, um, and you're prepared to make yourself selfless and vulnerable for the group, um, and that's kind of how Samurai Sevens evolved. And 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 back then we weren't in the Olympics. You're right, but we were just good blokes going to great tournaments at weekends and having fun. And then I ended up, you know, I was playing for England sevens and then ended up getting into the coaching with England sevens. And then I ended up becoming the head coach of England sevens. And then that's when we started to reposition Samurai a little bit with the St. George's Samurai alongside the main team, whereby then we would look at this kind of whole pathway development process because there was this missing piece between playing invitation sevens where you still had a lot of top-class players playing the sevens as well as playing for their, uh, their, their clubs, be it premiership clubs. Um, but you were missing out on these youngsters who were trying to introduce and use the game as the vehicle to bring them through in 15s. And that's where, you know, Samurai probably led the way with the St. George's Samurai, as it was called back then, which was a lot of young English guys, Danny, young Danny Kerr, young Ben Foden, young Topsy Ojo, young Tom Vander. I mean, there are literally hundreds of guys that, that, that came through that system that have then progressed on. And that was nurtured and based more on English players. And then we we kind of just kind of expanded that out. So well, let's not contain it to them. Let's use guys from around the world. And then Titchens was interested in developing people like Scott Curry, Milky, Tim Mickelson, um, Sam Dixon and, and and the same with Kenya, young Collins and Jera, Humphrey Kianga. You know, the list goes on. Uh, and it, it all comes from word of mouth. It comes from um again the values of, of, of the Samurai Sevens and realizing and recognizing when you come on the Samurai Sevens, you have a positive experience and an enjoyable experience, but also that you are treated in the right way and given the right care, but also your help to develop your touring as well as your game and yourself. So it's, it, I wouldn't say it was a, a huge strategic vision. I just think it evolved as, as it went along. And when you've got 
the likes of Terry Sands, who's hugely passionate, hugely driven, um, and hugely persuasive. I mean, he literally <laughs> could sell price to the Eskimos. It's ridiculous. Um, proper car salesman of the highest order. Then, um, you know, you, you, you've got a good little recipe to succeed. Um, and, you know, if you treat people well, and treating people well is not, you know, laden them with, with cash and free goods. The reality is you just treat them well and you're clear on expectations and what you're responsible for and what, and, and, and what Samurai is responsible for, then you get huge, huge buy-in. And we had some great tours, some great experiences um, with lots of different people from around the world. I mean, what more could you want? Who, who did you see before they were a name and you thought, this is it, this is the real deal? What playing purely playing for samurai? Purely playing for samurai who walked in the door and carved it up or did something, and you thought, right, this is this is destined for the top. It's probably Strettle then, if that's the case, because Dave Strettle was literally found on the fields of Amsterdam, um, and I remember Stanzi <laughs> literally telling me, "Oh, this kid from Rod, he's this, he's that," and, and I was with England at the time. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever," um, and fair play, like. Stretch delivered, and you know, Stretch is so down to earth again. You know, honest northern lad, and literally, he he delivered. I mean, every time he you put him in a in a position, every time you thought this might be a little bit too far for him, he he adjusted and he surpassed it. And you know, he went on to be the player he was. Um, and you know, I would hazard a guess, Stretch would say that the, the fields of Amsterdam were probably a a big, uh, a big part of that, along with obviously, you know, Dean Richards stealing a march and realizing when Harlequins were in that lower league and they played Rotherham, they made sure they signed him before anyone else saw him. So, you know, back then it was weird, right? Because he was at Rotherham and it was, it was unheard of that a player from a lower leagues would be in the England Sevens program, and people couldn't understand why. Um, and you know, fair play. I mean, Dean Richards has always been shrewd, but that was probably he was. That's right up there because normally he's renowned for his prop shrewdness, <laughs> uh, but he he delivered on that wing shrewdness as well. But so yeah, probably stretched. I mean, we've been so fortunate at Samurai to have so many young players through, and there are so many, you know, what you would call global fifteen stars as well now especially from England, that will talk about their fond memories of playing with Samurai Sevens, be that Amsterdam, Lisbon, or, or even domestically. Um, and likewise, if you go further afield with with a lot of the Sevens boys that are going to be at the Olympics this year and uh, we're in 2016, they all would have probably put on a Samurai shirt and enjoyed that experience and, and wanted to experience it more um, over, over their kind of years. And the, the, I mean, the stats for things like that are off the chart. 17 medal winners at the Olympics in 2016, over 70 in the Commonwealth Gate, just all over the show. But what you were a coach for Samurai, and now you find yourself where you are. How has your coaching developed? You must be a very different coach from day one. You're better off asking them that. Whether I am, I still think that I still think that I'm the angry. The angry, chopsy little Jack Russell. I think that's how they describe me. Um, but yeah, no, I, pro- I, I believe it or not, I probably th- I have mellowed, um, and I, I'm, you know, coaching for me is be- is all about communication and the flexibility of communication and being able to understand and see things through their 
through the their eyes as well as as your own and you know molding myself around players so that I can get the best out of them I think probably in your younger days you're driven by win-loss results and you're reactive rather than proactive and realize that actually you have to be prepared to lose in order to win um, which is tough for any rugby player but ultimately I see my role is, is, is as trying to create an opportunity and an environment to allow the players to maximise their potential. And if I can do a, a good job of that, then I can make a lasting impression that they become a better person. Then I'm, I am more at ease with myself that we will probably win more than we will lose um, and that we will probably achieve our potential collectively and individually. And I, and I think it's that outlook, especially when you're, you're coaching at an international level, which is a, a kind of a what I would call a daily training environment is a, is, is a, is a day on day, week on week um, process, which is very, very different to the Samurai Sevens kind of approach, which is all about your parachute in 12 players. How best do you bring them together? How best do you give them a common purpose to allow them to be able to communicate and get uh, coherence in order to go out and perform the end of the week? And that's a very different mindset and skill set which i enjoy because i think it it's a different type of coaching experience um and there's a little bit more volatility in that in terms of the results but obviously the rewards when you you actually see that coherence translate onto the pitch um is is great to see because you see it in their faces the the opportunities that you've had through things like samurai the beatles went to Germany and played in strip clubs for hours and hours and hours and refined their way. Ed Sheeran went to clubs and the ginger kid had to rap. You're at the top of the game coaching in sevens, but you've your time on task must be huge. Not just in the bit that we see, but in being away with Samurai, being on the touchline at the wreck, being away overseas on these these trips. How has that helped prepare you for something like the Seven Series and then going to an Olympics? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it does prepare you. It, it, it is it is different. Is it, there, there is no doubt that you know the the difference when you when you are on the on the circuit with Samurai. And, and you know, I, I have these conversations with a lot of the coaches that have, have come through the Samurai and actually gone on to big things. You look at Tim Walsh, he worked with me at Samurai Service, he obviously won the gold with the women in, in 16. He's now with the men. You know, he, you know even people like Brakey, Tony Rokes, Henry Paul. There, there's a, a number of the coaches that are at the Olympics who, who have come through the Samurai Sevens coaching, kind of mentoring or, or, or working with us in order to, to try and make them better. Is that when you're with the when you're with an invitation team, it, it is about coherence amongst the group, getting them on a common footing. You will not be able to solve every every detail. It's about the big bits, and that's that's the big thing that people need to realise. You can't solve everything. You've got to leave the three legged tent out there. It will still stand up, but it won't look pretty. And that's a, that's a big lesson for all coaches because they all want to leave a four legged tent out there. And you can't do it. Even in, in, in my job, when we've got a daily training environment, the three-legged tents out there are a hell of a lot. Um, sometimes because the players are putting the bloody legs back up. But, you know, that's, that's how it is. And I think that's something that you only learn from doing. So all of these experiences that you can get, you know, on the one-day events, 
you know, even if it's at the Sunshine Sevens or, you know, you're in the Super Seven Series with Samurai and you've got to go to, to Bury St. Edmunds or Maidenhead or you're with the Academy team. They're the types of experiences and, and how you adjust and you are your fleet of foot in mind and communication and managing and dealing with the players as well as keeping it simple but effective are critical because they, they're the, the lessons to set you up as you progress through the, 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 the coaching ladder, so to speak. I mean, the only thing that upsets me about this coaching ladder is ultimately, right, yeah, it's a little bit about having been in the right place, having the right opportunity, but, you know, people need to look past results and they need to look at the character, the character of the coach. And actually, one, does he understand himself technically and tactically? Of course. But also his interpersonal skills in terms of how he's able to manage and communicate to create players, nurture players, develop players is just as critical because technical and tactical sharpness can be learned. The innate people skills are are something that, you know, people sometimes either poo-poo or don't pay enough attention to. Uh, and, and that's where I think as well, you know, cutting your teeth on the invitation circuit or working with the Samurai Sevens teams at whatever level, yeah? the international team, the Barracudas, the Bulldogs, the women's, I think is, 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 is paramount um, and, and has a lot of value. I love the, the journey you've been on to go from England Sevens at a, a time where that would have probably been one of the best programs or, or best resourced programs. You then go to Kenya. Like, I would love to know what the Kenyans made of Mike Friday. But it seems like it was pretty good because you were successful there. And now you're in America, which must be the best resource. But rugby is not known, not cultural yet. And you're playing a big part in that. So you've been involved in three national teams at the top of the game, but three massively different environments. What have you taken from those? Yeah, I mean, yeah the observations are interesting because when I joined England, we were anything but a top program. We were like languishing at fifth or sixth in the world. We were, um, and we weren't taking it seriously. So we had to reposition the program and re get it get it taken seriously. And that that again is about the environment you're going to create and the expectations so that the players want to come. But more importantly, so those clubs and those DORs recognise the value that we were giving to their younger players. So we end with that journey there, taking it from where it was to where it where it ended up when I left, was was a was a big journey. And by the time I left in two thousand and six, we were we were we were delivering players for the Premiership, England, England A, um, as well as we had that core seven specialists of Amor and Gollings and, and so forth. Kenya, wow. Now nah, where do we start there? <laughs> <laughs> what, Kenya, what Kenya taught me about coaching is you don't need anything. Because when I sat on the side, I've told this story so many times, when I sat on the side of the pitch with a bag of balls and cones, burnt grass, and this was their high performance centre, and I literally just looked to the skies and it was like, what have you done here? You have, <laughs> what have you done? You are an absolute idiot, Mike, because I don't, I'd been, my, my small man syndrome had been literally attacked for the last six years. I'd left rugby in 2006, gone into the city, was doing all the Sky media. Life was, you know, good. I could, I could say what I wanted. 
be very direct about things and I didn't have to coach a team to bring people saying, what do you know about the game? You left the game six years. And I've been doing the Samurai Sevens for the last six years, you know, just keeping myself sharp. I just come back to, from Sri Lanka, done all that. But I was like, right, I'll do that Kenny job then. And, and then I sat there and, and, and the boys came out 15 minutes late, like always. And it was like, what have you done here? You idiot. Like you've bitten off more than you can chew here. You've, 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 you talk to the old thing something you can't deliver on. But what it made me do was it made me think about the game in the most basic form. Ultimately, the game was about is about the basics. It's about the basics of the game. But more importantly, it was about how do you get a connection between men in order that you can achieve impressive things. And that is where I really, 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 really... I'd always played around with communication skills and people's and motivation and... Uh, and understanding personalities. Working with the Kenyan boys was an absolute dream. They are an amazing group of men. And most, some of them will still be playing in the Olympic Games. And we went on an amazing journey um, where, you know, the off-pitch stuff, You, we, I mean, we ain't got enough time. Um, we ain't got enough time. <laughs> um, it literally was ridiculous. I mean, anything that could happen, happened in Kenya. Um, but the players and their mindset, their their abilities. If you if you protected them and you bought into them, the, the what that what they gave back in return was was immense. And I've got I've got such strong friendships with so many of those players still that even years after I left there, they'd come and play. You know, I play I coached a few of them again at the Samurai Sevens when we went to Kenya and the Nairobi, Nairobi Sevens, which again was made a big thing that. As, I, as I'm known out there, Otoyo was coming home. Um, and it was more about me. And I was like, whoa, 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 it's nothing to do with me. It's all about the, it was all about the boys. And it was a great, it was a great feeling, a great experience to, to, to coach and, and work with the likes of Oscar Uma again, Patrick, you know, uh, and Felix Iyanga, and, and go against some of the, the, the good players that I that I'd trained with Kenya. So, I've, heard, I've heard some of the Kenyans say, or I've read that they weren't, treated the same on the circuit that some of the teams looked down their nose at them did you experience that well <laughs> before i got there yeah let me let me tell you what what we did with them physically by the time we arrived in the gold coast for that tournament one where i made them warm up in their vests and i'm telling you you have not seen rigs like this in a long while <laughs> like literally the other teams looked at me and was like, oh my god what have you created with this mob because physically they were I mean, Andrew Amonde, William Beckett and Jera, they're, they're, big, they're, they're big men, they're athletic men, but they're, 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 I mean. They're... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It didn't carry much fat. You know, you hear what I'm saying? I mean, it was ridiculous. And the, the issue we had was more of an understanding of the fact that because, you know, they communicated in Swahili, their English is good, but it's very direct and blunt. So that can be misinterpreted by a lot of people, um, which not, not, didn't necessarily reflect well on them when they're trying to communicate on the pitch, which may mean that some of the calls could be unconsciously biased, not necessarily gone in the right way. And we certainly experienced that at times. Um, but that's that's rugby. That's part of it. What you will get with, with, with the Kenyan boys is that they won't whinge or they won't moan. They'll get their head down and they go on with it the next time. They left that to me. Um, and, and we we had we had some interesting conversations with a lot of people off off the pitch at World Rugby, but it, there's no no malice or intent. It's just unfortunately that's the nature of the environment that we live in on the world circuit. And whether we like it or not, there were some traditional what you call tier one nations, and then you have your and I, I don't like these sayings tier two, tier three nations, but that's the nature of the beast. And you know I'm a big believer in the underdog. That's what I had when I took over at England. That's certainly what I had when I took over at Kenya to create and allow them to maximise their potential, which they did when I left them. They were sitting fourth in the world. We'd narrowly missed out on a, on a World Cup final. Again, don't get me started on that one. Uh, let that go, Mike. I've had the therapy. We're over it. Um, and then, obviously, challenge coming to the USA. Because, you know, it's interesting. You talk about resources. USA, like, we've got, we've got a great training centre. But but our financial resource is 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 practically non-existent. If I'm honest with you, in terms of what we get from our NGB, because they don't have a lot of money. So you know we 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 get very little money, and I mean very little money. Most of our money comes from the USOPC, um, and we have I have uh, part of my role at the moment is very much around fundraising. Philanthropy is a huge part of what I have to do with, with the USA Rugby. So we're, we're trying to compete with some of these programs from established rugby nations that, that have significant dollar behind them. Um, and we're, for want of a word, a tier, dare I say, a tier two country, but in a tier one economy, um, which makes it very difficult. And we've got the, the issue of, like you said, of, of trying to have a game that we're trying to introduce uh, into this country to, to to take a hold, and the the current boys at the moment are doing a fantastic job. But uh, the the common ground between the three is is the underdog. I like to be the underdog, and I like to I like to help people prove other people wrong, and fulfil potential. I don't know why. I think it's because I think it's a hype thing. I think it's a hype <laughs> thing. The the job of a sevens coach, especially in the roles you've had is different from a 15s coach. Warren Gatland has travelled to South Africa with a cast of thousands. He's got 30-odd players, almost 40 players. It's difficult to make connections with that number. You're travelling with 12 lads, 13 lads, support team of two or three, but you're also seeing people, at some of their most vulnerable, they're tired, they're fed up, they've lost, they've won they're hungover, they're missing their family, you're in an airport where you've got you've got to sit with them. How does that 
how does that feed into what you're saying about the relationships and getting the best out of them? I mean, I mean, you just you hit the nail on the head. There's no hiding place. I mean, you you it is very much like a I don't know. It's almost like a father son relationship in terms of with all of them, and, and and you ride the roller coaster with them because if you emotion, you know, for me, you have to emotionally invest in your players, and if you don't emotionally invest in them, then you know, you're not going to get the best out of them and they're not going to get the best out of you. But when you emotionally invest, that means you've got to ride the roller coaster, which means you've got to accept, like you do for your own children, they're going to make mistakes and they're going to upset you. They might even piss you off. Um, and, you know, some of the, the, their behaviours and things like that at the times will be very, very good and will be very, very bad. But it's how you react and mentor them. I don't want to say discipline them, but how you constructively allow them to see that there's another way of doing things and how you need to conduct yourself as a, as a person if you want to get the best out of yourself, the people around you, and moving on in life. I think that is something that you, you need to embrace if you want to operate on the seventh circuit. And like I said, there's no better place to do that than what you do if you operate with, you know, what, what I had to do with Samurai Sevens on so many different occasions, be it with domestic teams or be it when we've travelled abroad internationally and there's been six or seven different nations that have come together. It sets you up, it teaches you, it allows you to benefit from those experiences. And, you know, a part of what, what I've done with a lot of our players when, we, when we're developing them is I will try and get them out to play in those types of tournaments with those with, with, with teams such as Samurai Sevens as well. Because if you only have one set of experiences, you're not going to develop as a person. So the more different the, the different types of experiences you can have, um, the, the more rounded you can become. And not all of those experiences will be positive. And, and sometimes that's a good thing as well. You need to have negative experiences, constructive experiences, along with those positive experiences to give you a kind of a perspective. So, you know, I... I've had that as a coach. Those types of experiences I've had, say, with Samurai Sevens have, have enabled me to transfer and learn things internationally. And likewise, I encourage and want that for players. And I think, you know, that's that's the beauty um, of, of of Sevens that you can you can have those uh, interactions uh, and those relationships with players, which you you know are more difficult to do. Um, as you say, on a on a on a on a on a forty man tour with twelve fifteen stuff, it is far more intimate. Um, and and likewise as well, you've also got to educate and teach these players that you need to build relationships that are good and solid for life with the other teams, because you you know unlike international fifteens, there's sixteen teams all staying in the same hotel, all having dinner and lunch together. You might draw battle lines on Saturday and Sunday. That's fine, but having the perspective and the, um, the 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 ability to then rub those lines out afterwards and have effective relationships and enjoy the company and learn from others is critical for you to develop as a person. Yeah, the having lived in Hong Kong, I used to love that roadshow aspect to it, where you just all in the same hotel sitting having a coffee going for a walk with each other who do you or over the time that you've been on the circuit who did you enjoy catching up with who did you think right there's somebody that i'm going to spend an hour with over a coffee and i'm going to be better having 
had that experience? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like when again, and I think this is me as an older coach, right? When you were a younger coach, when I first year, I was like, wow, I want to talk to anybody. You know, that's how I was. I remember that first year with England because I think that you're still in that kind of competitive mode. When I, you know, since and, and it was my last year with England when I was when I knew I was finishing, I was going to the city. You know, I had a really good sit down with with Titch. You know, and and Gordon is the you know the iconic man of of sevens, a bit like Sarevi is from a playing perspective. And you know, Titch is never one to give out compliments. Um, easily and and you know he was very complimentary when i was leaving but by the same token i was like i wish i'd spent more time with you you know just not forget the rugby bit just in terms of his life experiences and the things that he'd been through um you know in, in his workplace and when i came back with kenya I, I i i made a conscious effort to ensure that i interacted with you know not just people like gordon who i who i kind of reconnected with but also ensured like that the younger guys like obviously my former england captain amor was 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 going to be coming back into the fold so you know i love catching up with um with titchens i have great conversations with with neil powell um you know i've got it's interesting i had a fiery starting relationship with with santiago gomez cora but now we we've got a really strong relationship because we're very similar so you got you got you got a fiery English bloke, you got a fiery Argentinian, and uh, we we clashed to start with, but now you know we, we you you have perspective, you know you find each other and, and you're able to to realise and recognise. So I, I have fantastic conversations with with all of the coaches now on the side. Well, I think I do. They may say otherwise. Thinking about that, um, but I I just think. I would one thing I would change is I, I wouldn't have been like I was at the start. I would have been probably a little bit more open um to to having those conversations. And I think sometimes you've got to be able to draw the lines on competitiveness uh, and realize that actually there's a time and a place when it's all said and done, then you know we're all we're all trying to get better um for the next one. And it's it's very similar on the on the invitation stuff. You think about you know, the tournaments at Amsterdam and things like that, where, you know, everybody's out and about, right, in the evenings. Um, and it's, it should be friendly rivalry. I mean, maybe a bit of stitch-up in, in some of the pubs, maybe. I don't know. That could be an idea. But, um, you know, come match time, you can, you know, you can draw the lines of 14 minutes, but then just see it what if, for what it is. You know, somebody wins, somebody loses. But if you've all done the best you can do, then... You've got to have positive experiences and enjoy the company and the friendships that this game allows us to have. Um, and I think that's the special thing about Rugby Sevens is that you can have such effective, special relationships. And it's a big family around the world that wherever you go, you you end up bumping into somebody that you've played or you've met or you've seen at a previous tournament. And that's a, that's a mature view to have. So you don't think you would have had that at the beginning? It no, would I, be, I de- would have been oh, about I winning. Did, I definitely didn't have that at the beginning. Bruce, I would say, I, I would probably say, uh, I, I, I got, I got wrapped up in the in the win lose just at all costs with the teams at, at, at times. You bring your head up some of the time, but it's where you know it's it's being able to bring your head up when you don't want to bring your head up. I think that's the thing that you you learn with maturity, um, and it's something that you know I could. I would probably share with my younger self, whether my younger self would actually listen 
is a is a, is another thing, and and that's a point because that's a skill set in itself as a as a coach. Now is our, you've got to think about how you position and say things so that they will listen because it's as much your fault as their fault if they're not listening because you're obviously not saying it in the right way or you've not got the connection that you need in order for them to consider that. Um, that comes back to that flexibility of communication, which is. I, I do think there's innate ability in that, but I think there's also a, a huge, a huge piece that you can learn and improve and nurture. It's a bit like natural talent, right? You can have all the natural talent in the world, but if you don't nurture and develop it, then you won't maximise or fulfil it. And, and and likewise, somebody who hasn't got that amount of natural talent can maximise themselves in a different way. And it's just where whether or not he surpasses or not, really. So it's an, it's an important lesson. Mike, on the pods that I've done, there's been moments where I've said to people, I want you to do, and I want you to come to some staff rooms in schools, some changing rooms, and tell them that bit of the story, that it's as much your fault as it is their fault if they're not listening. That is gold and should be in every teacher training, every coaching course, that should be there. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I I just don't, like I said, I, I don't know who was talking to me when I was a younger bloke, but I obviously wasn't listening. But, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 I think, like I say, it's, it's not, it's not a criticism either, you know, because it just sometimes it takes perseverance. And, you know, I, I think back, the hardest thing I've ever had to do is coach kids. Like coaching my sons and their age groups was the hardest thing because obviously I've got to tailor my language, always a difficult thing. <laughs> um, as well as I've got to, I've got to think about my tone. For once, I've got to think about my body position because I'm actually taller than one of them, um, and 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 ensuring that I get the connection I want with them, as well as get the positive outcome. And I think, again, another big experience for me was was coaching coaching kids because it does make you think about the game differently and think about your communication strategies because the game. That, you're, that you think is so simple is so complex to them and you've got to make it both easily easy to understand but also enjoy. And then that, again, takes you full circle because if you can do that higher up the tree with, with uh, the more serious players, then great. Of course, I'm all for enjoyment at the top end of the game. There's a difference between enjoyment and fun, but don't get me started on that. Oh, but, amen. Amen. Uh, <laughs> But but and there's a place for fun, but not necessarily in my session. Um, it can be oh, it can be at the end of the session, lads. But it's not instead of the session. We can have an enjoyable session, um, and we can still work hard. But you know, all of those kind of little lessons where I think sometimes coaches just misunderstand the environment they're in, understand the person or the people you're with, understand the the goal, the mission, um, and then in, and then enjoy the journey. Um, and, and be prepared to get it wrong because I, I've got a great, you know, one of the big sound I say to all the players and I am a great advocate of this because I do it a lot. You've got to get it wrong to get it right. Um, and that's tough, but that's the reality. When have you had a moment away from Instagram, away from World Rugby TV, away, and it might not even be with a player that was in your squad and you don't have to say who it is, but I would love to know. I I reckon what I know about you and what I've heard you say, there will have been moments where you've gone up to someone and said, listen, son, what about trying this? Or well done for that. Or 
I reckon Mike Friday's put his arm around somebody he didn't have to, and it had an impact. Now, I don't know if you know the impact it had on them, but maybe you can tell me about the impact it had on you. Oh, true. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I am a quite. I don't know. It's, it's, it, I can't think of an example. All I can tell you is the feeling it gives me. Um, is that you know I am all about. I mean, I love. To, don't get me wrong. I'm highly competitive. And I, I know, I, 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 know. I, dri- I drive and the boy, the boy, I drive standards, you know, there's non-negotiables for me and they, and I'll drive standards on the pitch and off the pitch, but I'm, I'm about the, the human values and things like that. But m- most of the times I've had to put arms around people are, are sometimes not necessarily about rugby stuff. It's about other stuff that's going on in their, in, 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 in life. Um, and just the, 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 the sense and the relief when you put that arm around and you have the conversations like, look, look, it doesn't matter what you've done or, or we, we can, we can work through this, but I can't help you if you're not prepared to, to share with me what's troubling you or, or, or what's affecting you from being you. So getting that feeling of seeing the relief or the, or the, or the kind of the way that they relax when they actually tell you they get it off their chest and ensuring that you react in the right way and then you see their lift is is huge for me because that that's the moment for me in my in my gut where i like right i see i, I we, we're on to something here now 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 let's see where this goes and i've seen that with players who it's sometimes it's not been rugby stuff that's troubling them now again, as a coach, you've got to be careful because of the tra- you don't want to get involved in the transference of that and things like that. And, and you've got to realise, as a coach, you can't solve every problem, which is something that a lot of coaches, including me, want to do. But by the same token, if you can, a problem shared is a problem halved, and you can give objective advice um, or suggestions that they could consider, or even just be there to listen to see that relief come through on, on, on their faces and then what's what they do thereafter and give those positive encouragements or those words of constructive criticism to keep them on that pathway is, is critical. I, I've had that with a couple of guys who've had troubles with their studies um, and one of them has, has, has achieved and done it and he, and, and, and he without giving names away, he, come in and he's loved, he, he thanked me by text and and, and the, the most important thing for me is my mum's so proud that I've done this and I was like all I, all I wrote about was bingo and it was like there you go my man I said that's that's what life's about because the, the, the person that you are cares about you the most or you care about most has verbalised something that, that we knew already but it's that affirmation they're, they're the little moments that um, are Huge for me because I am all about molding myself around people and trying to make them the best version of themselves. And you know that that's got nothing to do with win or loss. Sadly, <laughs> no, I, I love it because that is a win. It's just not on the league table, unfortunately. Yeah. Who who does that for Mike Friday? Who's who's your <laughs> who puts their arm? Does Terry put his arm around you? Who? Yeah. Put his boot up your backside, probably. Well, but... <laughs> well I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very, I'm very lucky, you know. I'm, I'm very fortunate in, I've got a strong, a strong support network uh, around me, um, that keep me, you know. Again, I can be quite vivacious, as we know. So I've got that. They keep me grounded, 
I mean, my sons keep me my sons keep me grounded as well. You know, I mean that I do anything and everything for them, but by the same token, you know that that gives me perspective on on what's important in life. Um, and, and you know, there's at times sometimes I I forget that as well. You know, because you get caught up in the battles and and the competition. But you know, my my parents are uh, are very supportive. My mum is, I mean, very direct with me. Let's just put it that way. See, see, see some HR. So that's where I get a lot of my, my communication stuff. But, you know, you need those people that will make you look in the mirror. Um, and, my, and my mother and father, mum and dad certainly make me do that. So I'm very, very fortunate with them um, to, 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 to keep me kind of where I need to be. You obviously love what you do. How much of your job, so you've spoken about the emotional connection, within that must be storytelling. And I've loved listening to you. We've been talking for a while and, and I love listening to you. How how conscious are you of you being a storyteller? Um, well, I, I don't know. I try, I try and bring... Uh, mine are either experiences or, or experiences that I've heard. And again... I try and make, I try and personalize it in terms of you've got to be able to laugh at yourself as well, you know, and you've got to be able to recognize your weaknesses and your faults and not, and, and not be afraid to, 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 to share that, you know, I, because I, I think that's, that allows you to cre create connection. I think if you show vulnerability, if, as well as at times where you need to show strong leadership and, and come up with a plan and strategic vision to take us forward and then emotionally try and bring everybody with you and, and ensure that they feel the best version of themselves because confidence is also hugely important with direction if you want to be successful, um, along with resilience and, and a strong work ethic. So, yeah, I'll use a bit of storytelling. There are more kind of experiences as well, but it's, it's a little bit of anecdotal stuff, but it's also coupled with the humour and 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 serious talks as well I, I i try and i try and pitch the situation and understand what's required and then adjust accordingly but try and remain authentic with that right i'm still me but i try and work out whether it's is this a time to be serious or is this a time to to chuck something in or not and again like always sometimes i've got a couple i've chucked a couple in i'm like oh <laughs> and, then, and then you are backtracking a little bit but you know, I, I think the times I when I, I tell you the times where I I've, I've gone into a couple of things where you know you're a bit nervous because I don't know them and they don't know me so I immediately think what do they want me to be and that's when I get caught up and I get things wrong so I've gone into a couple of presentations and I've tried to deliver and you know when it just got it just gone totally wrong and then I just start shrinking inside. I'm like, oh. And then I just want to get off. And I've and I've got off and I've gone, do you know what? Your problem was you didn't go out there and be you. You went out there and tried to be something you thought they wanted to be. And the reality is if they didn't want you, then you shouldn't have been here anyway. Again, I've had those pep talks so many times. I still haven't nailed it because they still fall over at various times when I've done that, especially when it's outside of my comfort zone, um, you know, in, 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 in other kind of environments, um, you know, be it in a corporate environment. And, I, and the worst thing is I actually come from a corporate background, but I, and I, but I was molded around building teams in the business world. But 
you know, it's still it's there's still times where you doubt yourself and, and then that stops you being you. And that would be again my little pep talk every time I try and have to do things like this. Like, you've got to be yourself, you you know your stuff, you know what you're delivering, go out there and deliver it in your way, read the audience, understand who you're talking to. Even if you've never met them before, you've got to work that out on the fly. Um, and then go for it. I love it. I love it. So there, there's a question I, I'm desperate keen to ask you. Is Sivens an end in itself or is Sivens to develop? I think it depends who you are. Because I, I think it's. I think what Sevens is, is is something for all men. I think you can have your seven specialists. I think that that is the case. But I also think Sevens is um, an opportunity for you to develop as a rugby player and as a person for whatever your end goal may be. And your end goal may be to be the best Sevens player in the world or be a seven specialist like Sarevi or like Simon Amor was for England. Or it could be to use it as your development like we've seen with Caleb Clark in New Zealand most recently or, or in, in, in my time, especially one of the ones, Matthew Tate. I think what what we need to realise and understand in the modern world of sevens is, unlike the old days where you could come in and out, I think people have to take a, a bit of a, a strategic view on this, is that if you're going to use sevens as a, as a pathway to, to, to a greater thing, i.e. let's just say international 15s, then you need to give the player the best opportunity to, to, to succeed. That's not in and out, that's give him a concerted, concentrated period of 12 to 18 months to experience everything that this game can bring and develop in you, both on the pitch, which is huge in terms of the core skills and decision-making under the microscope, as well as what it takes to be a good human being when you travel the world or when you get to interact with all these different cultures around the world and carry yourself as a person and then see how that translates back into the world after sevens, if it's if that's what that player decides, I, you know I think it's a great late development tool as well. You know I look at what's going on in the in in the rugby world at the moment, and uh, all of those disgruntled eighteen year olds that seem to be discarded by academies, going to university, experiencing that again, another form of life. You know, meet and talk to people that think more about other things apart from rugby. Always a good thing, um, and use the sevens through the university model to create that late development pathway for those guys that can can filter in. I mean, that's what we've seen with, you know, Rory McConaughey. That's what we've seen. You know, Harry Glover is going to the Olympics, I think will join uh, Stade Francais um, afterwards. You know, Will Muir, we've seen that with Don Brandt in the 15s. So I think sevens can be all things for all men. You know, I, I, I Don Brandt played for Samurai Sevens Academy along with Tommy O'Flattery, and they were going at it in that in the Prem final last week. And you know, we've got great pictures of those guys using this as part of their journey. So it, it, it's it's a critical part of the rugby pathway and the rugby ecosystem. And I think it it needs the respect um, at all levels to allow it to, to succeed. And I think joining the pathways between the club game and the international game is critical. And I think that's where Samurai Sevens um, can be a huge catalyst um, in that it allows it allows that ecosystem to be continuous. I love it. 
That, that is a brilliant answer. I love that. So we're wrapping up now, Mike, because I've I've had you for such a long time and I've absolutely loved it. So some quick fire ones. And I do think Fields of Amsterdam has to be the title of your autobiography. <laughs> uh, I think that would be a cracker. So in all your time with Samurai, who did you most enjoy playing alongside? One player. Uh, One player. Uh, Mikey, Mikey Boys. Mikey Boys. He was shorter than me. <laughs> Who, which player have you most enjoyed coaching through Samurai? What, which player gave oh, you the most? That is pick, your pick, pick your favorite kid. Go for it. My favorite. I tell you, I'm going to go for just because I'm going to go for Mark Bright. Oh, it took yes. Me, it took me ages to get this bloke. To, and I was trying to get him for ages, right? He was at, he was at court, he was at Red Roof. And I was saying, Sansy, we need to get him. And when Sansy got him, he's like, oh, I got him. I've got him. One of mine, isn't he? He's one of mine. I'm like, mate, I told you about this kid. I told you about this guy. I told you about this guy ages ago. One of mine. And this is Sansy's quote. Anybody that comes with one of mine, one of mine, that is. But yeah, bright, Brighty, because he defies all logic. He, he defies is all class. logic. Cla he's, still he's still going. He's still going. He's still on Red Diesel. I don't think, I think it's not even illegal. But yeah, he, but he, again, he, he mixed it with the boys when we won Twickenham, you know, with all the international stars. I I, I, got, I released him to go and play for England when he defied all the... I mean, yeah. I mean, he defies a lot of logic, that bloke. And they're right. He's still going. Quality, still going. Absolute quality guy. Where's the best place you've been? What's the Sevens tournament that for you is the one red mark on the cat? You get your new calendar January 1st, the Sevens tournament you mark on. For, for Samurai? For Samurai. Amsterdam, my man. Amsterdam. Drink and, drink, drink and sink. The fields of Amsterdam. I, I mean, the, the stories when I had played in, in the late 90s, I mean, it, I mean, I've got some terrible stories, which are not good for the professional modern game. And, you know, Samurai Sevens has moved on in terms of what's, it, you know, the way that way we operate and things like that. But Drink and Sink, and, uh, as our, what we would call our clubhouse, um, has remained consistent. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic event. It, for me, it typifies... Um, everything that is good about uh, Samurai Sevens. Yeah, the birthplace. And if you had to distill Samurai Sevens down into sentence or a memory, what would it be? Um, what would it be? It's it's just it's it's just I just for me it's 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 family. It's it's family from around the world. Yeah, and you're the dad to quite a lot of them, I reckon. <laughs> well, I, I'd rather go Big Brother because if you've got Sandy involved, he's, he's basically the grizzly bear. Um, I could be the bear keeper, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Mike, I really appreciate you giving up your time. All the best for the Olympics. Um, we'll all be watching. It's just going to be superb. Are you, are you able to tell us what you're aiming for? Yeah, we're aiming for gold. Um, that's the that's the uh, that's the aim. But I mean, I think we have to be honest here as well. Is that like this team, this this tournament, twelve teams, like anybody on any given Sunday can win. I mean, two thousand and sixteen was ridiculous in terms of the results, and literally every game had an effect on another game. I just think with the year we've had, the adversity, the twelve fifteen months without series, everybody's going to be a little bit undercooked. It's going to be very unpredictable. But you know, if you said to me. Do we, have an, do we have a chance? Absolutely. We've got a very, very good chance. 
Um, but it, probably if you spoke to the other 11 coaches, they would all say the same as well. Oh, awesome. Mike, uh, I can't wait to see how it unfolds. All the very best. Stay healthy and I hope it goes very, very well for you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Absolute class. You've got to love the guy. You've got to love his enthusiasm and a man who is non-stop traveling how he knows what day it is i've no idea i think he's going to go very very well in the olympics and a man who has died in the wool samurai he's got stories and stories and stories and he's had an impact on so so many players and coaches and the future is very bright for samurai when they've got people like mike friday involved i hope you've enjoyed it if you have you can catch it on apple on acast and on spotify you can watch on facebook and youtube and i very much look forward to seeing you all very very soon my name is bruce Aitchison and my happiness is egg shaped hello i'm may Hello, I'm Chaos, and, and our, our happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped, loves a circle with no end. No, 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 happiness is egg-shaped. Wait, happiness is egg-shaped. Happiness is egg-shaped, loves a circle with no end. Quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.